Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Montgomery the Moose and Montgomery the Mouse are stranded in another, another realm where the great Gonzalo, an enormous magical blue dragon, had been imprisoned for more than 200 years. They have fulfilled their destiny of fixing magic, or have they? The dragon is gone, and now Montgomery and Montgomery's friends have to figure out what happened to the two creatures and what's next for them all. Let's catch up with them at the cave entrance where the portal to the other realm was. As always, stay tuned after the story for where you can join in. So now, here's today's tale from the Mooseverse. Push! I am pushing! Well then push harder! I am pushing harder! So am I! Well, so am I! Ouch, that hurts, that's my eye! Sorry, Mr. Toucan. Tamar, Phoebe, Dorothy, and Michael leveraged themselves against the cave's floor and walls to push Mr. Toucan's head as hard as they could. Now that Montgomery and Montgomery had gone through the portal, there was no reason for Mr. Toucan to be stuck in the small opening of the cave. Whatever was happening, Mr. Toucan being there was not going to change anything, and the air was getting thick. With the portal so much smaller, they couldn't see anything through it, and the light that it provided was dimming all the time. Mr. Toucan pulled from the other side, although there wasn't much to grip on. Fred the Chocolate Lab tried to help too, but he just ended up melting a little on the bird's feathers. But then, Mr. Toucan's legs felt two extra hands pulling at them also. It was a strange feeling, because they felt like strong hands, even without opposable thumbs. Who is that? Mr. Toucan asked. With a sudden flump, Mr. Toucan came unstuck and shot backwards, tumbling onto a few different creatures. One chocolatey, one furry, and two others, both small and slimy. Tamar, Phoebe, Dorothy, and Michael came falling through the entrance too, landing in a pile, but managing to pick themselves back up before Mr. Toucan could. Roger, the sister said in unison, and then, Walter, Wheezy, you're all here. Roger clearly felt that Mr. Toucan was taking too long to get up and pushed free to stand up, covered as she was in some of Fred's chocolate, which left her feeling sticky and a little gross. So, Wheezy started as everyone picked themselves up. What happened? Did the moose save the world or whatever? Tamar, Phoebe, Dorothy, and Michael looked at each other, and Michael stepped forward to answer, but Dorothy spoke first. He is doing what he needs to do, yes. What does that mean, lady? Walter replied. That sounds anonymous. The creatures looked at each other in confusion, and Wheezy rolled her eyes before speaking to Walter. I know you don't like it when I correct you in front of other creatures, but it's not anonymous. It's omnominous. Omnipotamus. Omni-omnimus. Omnimouse, or something. Speaking of ominous said Fred, with some dread, as he looked into the clear blue sky. The creatures all followed as he pointed with his nose. The great Gonzalo, Michael whispered with obvious awe. The enormous blue dragon flew through the air with majesty, as if this air belonged to him and was his to rule. Enjoying his freedom, the great Gonzalo dove and swooped around the island, examining it with the eyes of an emperor who had not seen his kingdom in a long time. After this dance, which seemed both instant and also lasted forever, the enormous creature flew up, a few hundred feet over what seemed to be the center of the island, 
about a quarter of a mile from the group and let out an ear-splitting roar, which the group heard as both a declaration of victory and a rallying cry for the ruler's companions to join him. Roger stuck her head into the cave and, seeing nothing but darkness, turned to the group. So, where are Montgomery and Montgomery? Before anyone could answer, they heard more ear-splitting noises. Coming from various directions around them. In the distance, they saw dragons flying towards the great Gonzalo. The orange dragon, known as the teleporting Trevor that many of them had met before, appeared out of nowhere in an orange cloud. The purple dragon, the scary Stanley, that Tamar had met with Montgomery the mouse, flew from the distance to the great Gonzalo's left. A noise from above and behind the group caused them all to duck down, and they felt the full power of a red dragon flying just 20 feet or so above their heads, close enough that the wind of the dragon's wings knocked down several of the smaller creatures, the wingtips only a few inches from the group's heads. Then, from their left, the group saw a white dragon fly to join the group. The four smaller dragons circled around the larger blue dragon in a ceremonial welcome of some kind. Out of instinct, Dorothy and Michael both independently moved towards the display, keen to see what would happen next. Mom? Dad? What are you doing? Phoebe asked. Have you ever seen anything as beautiful as this? Dorothy asked, as if that was the answer to Phoebe's question. But what about Montgomery and Montgomery? Phoebe pleaded. Come on, Dorothy replied, climbing on Fred the Chocolate Lab's slippery back. Michael climbed on behind her. Reluctantly, Tamar and Phoebe did also. Walter and Wheezy hopped onto Roger's back, and Mr. Toucan flew alongside them all as the group made its way closer to the dragons. As the dragons landed in an open field, the group of friends hid behind a large boulder close by, and all of the smaller creatures climbed down onto the ground to look through the grass at the dragons just 20 feet away. The sight of these enormous creatures inspired awe in all of the friends, and as much as they believed that this was all part of fixing the magic that was broken, these creatures were huge and intimidating to almost everyone. Where is Shalar? The blue dragon asked the four smaller dragons who were gathered around him. Why isn't she... Hey, where are Montgomery and Montgomery? Where are our friends? Came an angry voice from the grass, making its way towards the dragons. Tamar couldn't see who it was, but her heart jumped. She turned quickly, hoping to see her sister standing next to her. She closed her eyes when her worst fears were realized. Her sister, Phoebe who used to be afraid of dugs and fesh, was now shouting at five dragons the size of buildings. The great Gonzalo seemed determined to continue, however. Why isn't she here? Surely you have been preparing for my return. I have been waiting for many decades to be free, and the time... Hey, I know you heard me! Phoebe shouted again. She was now close enough to the creatures that she got a full sense of their scale. She paused and took a deep breath, saying to herself, they're just big dugs, before walking between the red and purple dragons. The great Gonzalo seemed to decide that it was beneath him to respond to this and look back at the other dragons to continue. Time is... Don't ignore me, Phoebe shouted, scowling at the blue dragon. She looked around at the others and saw that the orange dragon seemed to have a smile in its eyes, like it found this funny, but that it knew it shouldn't laugh. The enormous blue dragon bent his neck down to the ground until he was facing Phoebe head to head. 
Well, nose to whole body. He took a small sniff that almost pulled her down and gave a small growl. Grrr. Then he took a deep breath, paused a moment, and then puffed all the air out of his nose with the power of a hurricane. Phoebe tumbled back and out of sight. Annoyed that he had to deal with such a petty interruption in a moment that he'd been waiting so long for, the great Gonzalo closed his eyes for a moment, then lifted his head back up to address the rest of the group. Now, he continued, trying to remain calm. Shala, he finally added. We don't know, said the red dragon. Clin, what do you mean? the great Gonzalo retorted. The white dragon stepped in, and the great Gonzalo addressed her. Elena? If she did not sense your return, the white dragon, Elena, added, she must be in the subatomic world. How long has it been since you've seen her? the great Gonzalo asked. The group of dragons looked at each other. Well, it's been a while, the scary Stanley said finally. A while? The great Gonzalo replied, how long is a while? Well, you know, time moves differently. How long has it been since you've seen her? The dragons looked at each other again, sheepishly. Um, maybe about 70 years. 70 years? He closed his eyes, trying to remain calm. I expected you to be prepared for my return. Maybe even have the horse here. But instead, you're not even all here. Well, 200 years is a long time, the red dragon spoke up. Aren't you the chronological Klin? The great Gonzalo retorted. You time travel. How is 200 years a long time for you? Since I couldn't time travel anymore, the chronological Klin responded. The great Gonzalo clenched his incredibly sharp teeth clearly trying to contain his anger. What have you all been doing for the last 200 years? The teleporting Travor spoke first, proud to have something to report. Well, I found a race of explorers and hired some of them to find the moose. Ah, good. You did something, the great Gonzalo said with relief. Thank you, the teleporting Travor. The orange dragon decided not to say that the moose had already made it to the realm of dragons before they found him. The artistic Elena, the scary Stanley, the chronological Klin, what were you doing to prepare for my return? The three dragons looked at each other, each hoping that another would speak. Well, the white dragon, the artistic Elena, said finally, I made some tributes to honor you. Tributes? Okay, well, not helpful, but I appreciate it nonetheless. She held out a small but intricate model of a blue dragon, presumably the great Gonzalo, breathing fire at a terrified-looking horse. The model appeared to be made out of brass, but as she tried to pass it to the great Gonzalo, the dragon's short arms became a problem, and the model dropped 25 feet to the soft ground below. As it hit the grass, it somehow shattered into hundreds of pieces. Yes. Well, the great Gonzalo said, I suppose I should have expected that. The teleporting Travor twitched, and the great Gonzalo looked at him. Travor, is there something you want to tell me? He asked impatiently. No, 
the orange dragon replied. I'm, I'm sorry, the great Gonzalo. It's just that there's something on me. He shuddered to try to shake the something off, but with no success. The something climbed the rest of the way up onto Travor's head and stood defiantly, glaring directly at the great Gonzalo. Don't you ever do that to me again, Phoebe growled at the blue dragon hundreds of times her size. The great Gonzalo was taken aback and addressed Travor directly. You have another creature on you. Last time this happened, I ended up imprisoned in another dimension for over 200 years. And then Montgomery and Montgomery freed you, right? Phoebe joined in. So where are they now? She demanded. Do you have any idea who you are speaking to, creature? The great Gonzalo retorted. I am, we are the most powerful, we are the guardians of magic throughout the realms. Without us, the universe stops making any sense. Uh, the universe stopped making sense a while ago, a small voice said as it approached the group of dragons. I mean, a few weeks ago, I was just enjoying the lake in Central Park, and then I'm teleporting between worlds, meeting dragons and a spaceship, all because of some horse. I mean, quesadilla. And by the way, said a second small voice next to the first, it's to whom you are speaking. The great Gonzalo looked baffled by this variety of small creatures causing trouble. These two small green creatures, he believed they were called frogs, were just another interruption, but perhaps they could be helpful. What did you say? He asked calmly but forcefully. It's not, do you have any idea who you are speaking to? It's, do you have any idea to whom you are speaking? I mean, that's just basic gram- Not you, the dragon added impatiently. You, he indicated to Walter. Quesadilla, it means, no, the thing about the horse. Yeah, everything went crazy when we met Unpredictable Horse. That's when I almost got eaten by a moose. Where is this horse now? The great Gonzalo asked with interest. Oh. Well, he brought us to Damariscotta Lake, and then he said he had something to do. I don't know. I know where he is, Wheezy interrupted. She saw Walter's, you do, look out of the corner of her eye and nodded to confirm. Where is he? The great Gonzalo asked, trying to show as much patience as he could. He, um, he's in the subatomic world. She glanced at the orange dragon, who looked back at her with curiosity, as did Phoebe on the orange dragon's head. The subatomic world? Of course. That's why Shala isn't here. The horse must have captured her. We must rescue her. We need both her and that horse to get our powers back. I mean, to restore magic. The scary Stanley ventured to speak. But even if we can get to that world, how will we locate her? I should be able to do it, Travor said. I should still have enough power to teleport in the subatomic world because it's so small. I can travel throughout the subatomic world almost instantaneously. How will we shrink to the subatomic level? asked the white dragon. These creatures know a way in, Travor replied, but it will be too dangerous for us all to go. The subatomic world behaves differently, as you know, and if we all go, there's more chance of us getting separated once more. You should stay here. I will go, and Shala and I together will bring back the horse. The great Gonzalo nodded, and Travor glanced down at the frogs with a slight glint in his eye. You have my blessing, said the great Gonzalo. You take these three creatures with you. They may prove helpful in locating the horse. We will keep the rest of their group here with us. 
and with that he waved a wing in the direction of the rest of the group of friends who had, until that point, thought they were skillfully hiding undetected behind the boulder. After all, it will be a shame for these small creatures to remain unprotected. The group all understood the great Gonzalo's meaning, and Tamar sprinted as quickly as she could through the grass to join her sister. The great Gonzalo saw her and poised to attack, but her size meant he needed more precision, and Travor interrupted with an, okay, we'll be back as soon as we can, and teleporting away in an orange glow with Phoebe, Walter, and Wheezy on his back. No, Tamar called out. Within a moment, an orange glow appeared in front of her, and she saw the tip of Travor's tail appear out of nowhere. She climbed onto it eagerly and disappeared, along with the tail itself. The group of five, Trevor, Phoebe, Walter, Wheezy, and now Tamar, teleported back to the waterfall with the enshrinkening water and sat for a moment to regroup before heading into their next adventure. Thank you, Wheezy said to the dragon. You didn't have to... I like you guys, the enormous creature replied with curiosity in his voice. And I know the horse isn't there. So why are you helping us? Wheezy asked. You want spaceship back. And I did hire Bobby and Spaceship. I feel responsible for them. Besides, I need to get Shala back. We may as well all go together. You guys have a spaceship? Tamar asked Walter and Wheezy. I thought you were frogs. We are. It's not ours. It's Bobby's. Bobby's? Long story. Okay, get in, Travor said, opening his mouth. Wait, what? Walter responded. You have to get in my mouth. It's the only way we'll all shrink down at the same rate. I'll drink the water, and it'll shrink down everything inside me, including you. You want us to climb inside a dragon's mouth? Tamar exclaimed, looking at the other small creatures for confirmation. Hey, yeah, why not? Phoebe responded. I mean, how much crazier can this get? Tamar and Phoebe climbed in, and Travor tipped his head sideways to allow the frogs to hop in before responding to Phoebe's question. Oh, he said, you haven't been in the subatomic world yet. Believe me, it can get a whole lot crazier. With that, he leaned over to the waterfall and took several deep gulps, accidentally swallowing the four creatures also. A moment later, the dragon shrunk down and disappeared entirely out of sight. To be continued. What do you think each of the dragons has been up to for the last 200 years? We'd love to hear your stories about the dragons or any other characters in the Mooseverse. And we'd also love to hear your own stories about your own characters, whether they're in the Mooseverse or another, another realm. Send your story to hello at mooseverse.com. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. Mooseverse.com is also where you'll find information about our online writing and story-growing workshops, as well as downloadable coloring pages, Tales from the Mooseverse merchandise, and information about how to join our Patreon team to support the podcast. We're looking forward to reading your stories. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time.